Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. I hope you guys have been enjoying our new episodes. Uh, so glad to be back on the road, uh, sharing the scriptures with you guys, hearing the uh, thank you to all of, the, all of you who have come up to me personally to encourage me uh, in saying that you like the program and uh, are glad to be hearing it again. Um, that's why we do it is uh, because we hope it helps all of you as you're um, getting into the scriptures and being committed to that. And uh, so this is just supposed to come alongside those efforts and um, just so enjoy doing it. So the fact that it's paying off and, and helping you guys just means the world to me. All right. And if any of you out there um, have any requests, something you'd like to see on the program, all you have to do, email me, J-S-E-R-R-A at thecrosspoint.com. And be more than happy to um, get your scripture on the podcast and just give it the um, Crosspoint Scripture podcast treatment. See what we can learn from it, okay? Um, Today's verse is going to come from Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Um, It's not often that the verse of the day on you version involves two verses, but it does today. Um because it literally ends in the middle. So 14 is not a complete sentence. And so it's a comma, and then they go on to 15, which is great. <clears throat> I love that because it's going to help us work on our context thing and uh, just make that so much um, more obvious and easy to understand. Okay, so a lot of fun there. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's get into it. So reading from the ESV, Matthew chapter 6. This is a part of the famous Sermon on the Mount. You guys have probably heard of before. Um, this is occurring uh, right in there which again is just going to be great for context. So, all right. All right. Enough setting the table. Let's get into it. Matthew chapter six, verse 14 and 15. In the ESV, it reads like this. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But, verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you, forgive your trespasses. Okay, so one more time, Matthew chapter six, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But verse 15, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Okay, um, I'm gonna go you know, a lot of times we take on verses and the uh, in the podcast here that are like, you know, the word easy is wrong, but it's kind of like uh, maybe generally positive is, <laughs> is the way. Uh, but there's just no getting around the fact that this is a stark warning from Jesus. You know, this is Jesus talking. This is his Sermon on the Mount. You know, it starts, you know, seeing his disciples. He sat down and opened his mouth and began to teach them saying, and here we go, you know, with this Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so when these words come from the, you know, mouth of the Son of God, this is challenging stuff because, you know, we know from the rest of Scripture that our, you know, the fact that God forgives us, that he gave the life of his Son for us so that we could find grace and forgiveness with him is a big deal. I mean, it's the beating central heart of Christianity, you know, Without that forgiveness of our trespasses and sins, the Bible's clear we wouldn't be able to approach God or assume that we were a part of his family and in his good graces, you understand? So it's the it's a big deal. And here we have a warning from Jesus that if unforgiveness for other people's trespasses is our way, then unforgiveness for our trespasses towards us is our father's way. It's heavy stuff. 
And so one of the things I think we need to do is look at the context and just make sure we get it all in, okay? So the first thing to do uh, when you're looking at context, as you guys, as you veterans of the show know, and if you're just coming on board, um, you'll learn a lot about context because I just think it's probably the most vital rule uh, for people when they're studying their Bible for sort of like, you know, like you and me, the just the Bible reader types. I think context is is extremely important. You know, you got to zoom out a little bit and see what it's all about. So first we talked about a kind of a big context thing is um, this is a, you know, sermon. It's like a three chapter talk from Jesus on, on the nature of the kingdom and prayer and fasting. And, you know, it's a big deal. And uh, for any follower of Jesus Christ, um, the sermon on, a, on the Mount in the gospel of Matthew is required reading. I mean, you have, I've, I've spent most of my Christian life in it, memorizing large portions of it, meditating on it. It's a big deal. You know, Jesus says a lot. It's as important, I think, as like the last three, four chapters of the Gospel of John, where Jesus is praying for his disciples, praying for you and I, um, kind of giving his last, you know, charter for the kingdom and so on. So it's a big deal. There's a lot in it. It's just required study and reading for um, followers of Jesus Christ. So um, then we zero in for a little closer context, which is going up to verse seven, uh, Jesus is continuing his advice, his preaching, his um, speaking on prayer. Let's go up even a little bit more. Let's go to verse five and we'll, we'll try hard not to make this last too long, but in verse five, it says, and when you pray, okay. So Jesus is moving on from uh, up in verse one. He would talk, he starts off by telling us what our attitude should be when we practice our righteousness before other people. So when we do good things in the name of God, where other people can see us like giving to the needy and things like this, um, Jesus gives us these kind of like, let it come from your heart. Don't do it as an audience. So people will see you and, and think you're a good person. He's just very strict on that. And then he moves on. So he's going from there. Now he's talking about prayer kind of in the same way. So like when you talk to your father, here's some things. Here's the condition of your heart. Here's a good attitude about prayer. And so he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. And then pay attention here because a lot of people have gone. So Jesus says you should only pray where people can't hear you. It's not true. Jesus is always talking about your heart, your attitude. He's never like, Here's this single action that I care about. He's talking about where does these actions come from? What's your attitude? And so he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. So what does that mean, Jesus? He says, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. And if it ended there, we could assume, okay, so no praying in church and no praying at street corners, but here's the deal comma, that they may be seen by others. So it's not the praying on the street corners or the church that bothers Jesus. It's the, that they may be seen by others. That's what they want. And that's why Jesus goes on to say, truly I say to you, they have received their rewards. So in other words, they want the attention of people and the attention of people is all that they're gonna get. Pretty scary. Verse six, but when you pray, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And you guys know you can do this even when you're in church, even when you are praying, if you're called upon to pray in public or pray on a stage. In your heart, you can be shut up with the father. You know, In your intentions, you can say, Father, I'm talking to you. 
You know, I may be praying and I'm, I've been asked to lead these others in prayer or come on up and pray. My, my church has asked me to pray for this, or you may be leading a prayer meeting or you may be an SNL leader and you're being called to kind of like, you know, lead the ways your people pray. But in your heart, you are shut up with your father. In other words, you are not praying so other people will hear you. You're praying to your father. And, and the fact that other people are hearing you and that you are leading a prayer is fine. It's because your intentions are right. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So it's this idea of like, do you want to talk to the father or do you want to talk so other people can hear you? So that's the, that's the contract's contrast there. And I'm already getting a little too caught up. So we got to keep moving. So verse seven says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So again, you can pray as much and as long and use as many words as you want to God. It's he's not giving you a number, uh, a limit, a, a word speed limit. He's just saying that if you think that because you've said a lot, you'll be heard, then you've misunderstood. Verse eight, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So the amount of words and all this is not the point. It's are you speaking truly to the father and knowing that he's hearing you because he loves you. He's hearing you because of his relationship with you, not because you have used many and fine words, okay? So after saying don't, think you'll be heard because you're many words and don't pray so that other people will think you're a righteous or a good person or a good Christian. In verse nine, then he starts to put some definition on it. He says, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So right off the bat, man, I can't get caught up. I'm gonna preach a sermon on uh, the Lord's prayer just because it's so important to me. I mean, this prayer has just been so vital to me in my walk with God, but we gotta keep moving. So I'll just read the prayer and we'll keep going. So our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then Jesus goes, he circles back and that's our verses here, 14 and 15, to reemphasize that idea where you guys heard it in the prayer where it's father, forgive us because or as we forgive everyone who's done anything to us. Okay. So it's like, we want the grace of God. And so we extend it to others. And then that's why 14 and 15 make it stark. Jesus says, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others or trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So there, there's so much we could say here. He goes on to talk about fasting in, in much the same way. He goes on to talk about laying up your treasures in heaven, but um, just trying to stick simply with our context here. When you go to the Lord's prayer, you can see that you are stepping by prayer into the reality of God. And I don't mean to try to sound high flown or, you know, philosophical or anything. I'm just saying like this prayer is more than just asking God for a few things. I think you can see that it's a big umbrella prayer. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So there's kind of this like, I want things to be the way that you think they should be God. <laughs> you know, that's the, this prayer is by faith coming into the presence of God and agreeing with him and taking his reality upon yourself and saying, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Hallowed be your name. Your will be done. You know, I want you to have your way. I want your rule and your kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven. So not to us, not to us, O Lord, be the glory, but to you. 
And then we talk about our provision comes from him. Give us this day our daily bread. So yes, we work, we, we work with our hands, we to earn, but we know that overall, if God wasn't providing our health and the air we breathe and our ability to work and have given us life in the first place, then we wouldn't be able to do any of that work. So we kind of acknowledge this total dependence on him. Give us this day our daily bread. And we continue that radical dependence into verse 12 where he says, and forgive us of our debts. Like the one who has the right to hold on to our debts would be God. And he's, and if he's decided to let it go, then we are declaring that we have no right to not also let it go. So it's kind of a, it's not about how you feel. It's not about whether the person did anything, what they did to you was right. It's not about anything like that. It's simply about, praying the reality of God, like I receive your forgiveness and I forgive anyone who has done anything to me because it's the way things are. So it's this kind of idea you can't have some, but not all. You can't pick a few things out of the Lord's prayer and say, God, give me A, D, and F. But, I'll, but I would like to leave the others, you know, because I don't like them. It's like, no, it all comes together that God is Lord, his kingdom is your kingdom, his will is what you want, and forgiveness is what you want for yourself, and so you want it for others, okay? All right. So again, that, that context helps us be clear on what's being said here. Does it make it easy for these hard cases? And guys, I've had my own. Okay, I've had my times in life where I've, you know, have been wronged by someone, you know, especially we all know it's hard when it was like either someone you loved and trusted or it was someone in authority who misused their your love and trust or misused their authority to really hurt you. It happens. It it's real. It hurts. It's bad. Like any amount of, you know, if you thought Christianity meant is meant to make you feel like you're being petty and you have no right to to be hurt by this horrifying thing that someone did to you and maybe did a couple of times and maybe even got, you know, seemingly in this world got away with, you know, no, that you can, you know, open to the Psalms and start praying your way through the Psalms and you're going to find out. The Bible knows all about the fact that humans can do horrible things to each other and there's complaining to heaven in the Psalms like, God, look at what they've done. Deal with them. Help me. Deliver me from their hands. And are you ignoring me? And are you asleep? Do you see what they've done? And so there's sin is definitely not taken lightly in the Bible at all. And so this verse is not meant to scare people. So if any of my listeners here, when you're going, Josiah wants so badly to forgive, I'm I'm very hurt by what was done to me and I have a hard time forgetting about it and I'm hurt and I have a hard time trusting. Those are not the issues being dealt with here. Those are real issues, but it's not what being dealt with here. What's being dealt with here is if you were asked and by the very fact that you're bringing it up in the first place is saying, man, I, w- I so want to forgive. Like, yes, I want forgiveness for myself. I agree, grace is the way. I'm just very hurt. That is shows a willingness to forgive, which is the idea here, you know, where you're like, yeah, if I could, I'd, yeah, I would snap my fingers so that I could forget about it or that I, you know, yes, I desire that they would experience the mercy of God as I have. I'm just, this has overwhelmed me. That is perfectly Christian, perfectly acceptable, and is not what this verse is trying to condemn, that attitude. What's being condemned in this verse is the attitude of, Father, forgive me but I refuse to forgive those who have hurt me. 
you understand? It's in the refusal. It's in that hard, like, I want to live under the grace of God, but others won't live under my grace. That's what's being dealt with here. So, man, I wish we could keep going on this, but I just want to stay in the uh, context of our podcast here. But I feel like it's extremely important that if you're listening today and, and you've been hurt badly, you you guys know who I'm talking about. If you're listening today and um, you've been sexually abused in some way, if you're listening today and you lived for decades being abused by someone physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, if you had your business ruined or your job taken from you because of someone's greedy dishonesty, you know what I'm saying, these bad things, someone hurt your child, these sorts of things are not, Jesus is not staring you down going, oh, you better forgive. It's never about that. It's about God hears that. He knows everything. He says everyone, it's appointed once for men to die and then the judgment. He says every person will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So there's no one that's ever done anything to you who will not have to discuss it with God later. The Bible guarantees that. It's not about that. It's not about you trying to pretend that what they did was okay. It's not about them becoming your new best friend. It's not about reconciliation after someone has burned you. It's it's not about any of that stuff. And I just feel like it's very important for you to hear that. What this is about is a settled condition of heart where you go, nope, holding a grudge. I'm going to do it. I don't want these people to be forgiven, but I want to be. All right. I just feel like it's very important. Uh, for you to know that this, because these are heavy verses, but it does not have that in mind. Now, for the rest of us, if you've been there, and I certainly have, I have definitely been in that position where I've wanted God's forgiveness, but wanted to hold on to grudges and other things against people. I've been there. I may be there again. It's something we can fall into when we've been hurt. And I understand that. So I'll just say for myself, you know, I'll just confess to all you guys, I've been there. And these verses have been very important to me. That's why I like to pray my way through the Lord's prayer and Kind of follow up with these because it's a splash of cold water. It's like pouring cold water over my head and go, Josiah, you need to wake up, man. You cannot do this. You can't hold grudges against people. You got to let it go. You want God's grace for you. You got to let other people off the hook. And so it's just been life to me, life and peace, and it's helped release me from grudges and it will in the future. You know, I wish I could say I'm, I'm just done, but I know I'm not. I know I'm going to get hung up on something somebody said or did, and then I'm going to need to do business with God in prayer. And that's what this is for. Okay. All right, guys. So I apologize a little bit more preachy than usual for the um, scripture podcast here, but I feel maybe important and necessary because this can be a very um, painful and, and hard topic. And we need to be very clear on what the Bible is saying and not saying. So I hope it's been of value to you. Can we see Jesus in these verses? Jesus is the one who said them. Uh, Jesus forgave everyone who did anything against him. Do you understand that? That's the whole point. That's the cross. So Jesus is asking you to walk the same road as him. He was rejected, falsely accused. People talk bad about him, caused him all kinds of issues, and he got up on the cross for those people. That's that's the thing here. So yes, we see Jesus in these verses. Okay, and to their original audience, um, these these words would have been heard as hard as they as we're hearing them. So the Romans were subjugating the people that were being told this at the time. You know, they were not free to do what they wanted. They were being overlorded by another uh, power, another country. And Jesus was telling them that they needed to forgive their enemies, love their enemies, forgive those who, who use them and spitefully use them. I mean, it was tough stuff and can only be done in light of the fact that you know God has you, that our Father in heaven, whose name will be hallowed in all the earth, 
loves you and that his will will be done on this earth and his kingdom will come as it is in heaven. You know, it's only under those realities that are discussed first that we get the safety, the motivation to say, I forgive everybody who's done anything against me. And so just as a final note, I would recommend that. It's a spiritual practice in my life and I've done it many times and and maybe you have too. And I just recommend it to anybody. You get alone with God, especially if you feel that anger and unforgiveness are ganging up on you. You get alone somewhere where you can be alone and you just say to God out loud, God, I, I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for your death on the cross for me. I need forgiveness. I need you. And I forgive anyone who's ever done anything to me. I want them. No one owes me anything. You're just saying it. Now in your heart, your mind, you get some things coming up against you. Like, you sure? You know, I don't think we can do that. I understand. But you don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to get in there and, and tinker around. You just are saying in, in before God and no one else, you're just saying, no one owes me anything. I forgive anyone who's ever done anything against me. It's the way I want it. You know, I'm just telling you that, God. I can't help how I feel, but I want everyone who's done anything to me. I, I forgive them. They don't owe me anything. And it's pretty good. It's helped me a lot. All right, guys, I so appreciate you. Uh, love spending this time with you. Um, love the scriptures. When, uh, when it's so hard to count on anything else in life, man, you can count on the Bible. So appreciate you guys. Thanks for being along for the ride, and we'll see you next time.